Welcome to Out of the Blank. Welcome back to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. And Dr. Serene, she's back again. Lovely to have you here. Hello. Hi, Ravi. So I know um, through our many chats, we've kind of went all over the board. Um, definitely, I would say probably grew a strong friendship from it. Um, but I'm going to leave that at the door for this because right now I want to kick off the beginning half with a more interview side of things, um, more stricter questions because I've had some thoughts on your experience. First of all, when we first chatted, we talked about why you love space and you said, what's not to love? You know, the, there's a mass amount of beauty. I think we both can agree on out there in the stars, but do you see things differently when you look up in the sky? Like I've been getting super interested into statistics and I've used to be terrible at math. But then as I started looking through space, I started looking through gravity. I started looking through so many different things that happen on an everyday basis that people really don't get to analyze as much. You start to see that it's like, it's all kind of like one giant math problem. And I'm just curious as to, is this a way that like, if I talk to an astronomer, they tell me they see it like this. And I talk to another one, they tell me they see it like this. What's your process of when you look up in the sky at night? What do you, uh, what are you funneling it through? What lens? Whoa, I see that we're starting with a big, big, huge subject and very deep subject. Well, through the years, uh, when you when you really gain experience, uh, you really change your vision of the sky and astronomy and the whole subject of science. At the beginning, when you uh, when you are really an amateur and you really love like space, as uh, you really just see the planets and then you observe the galaxies and the nebula and the aurora borealis and australis. But then, when you really study it, uh, you you start to understand the physics, and then deeper and deeper you see math. And then, as you said, the the devil word, the really uh, the mean word for every scientist and others, um, the statistics. Uh, and then you go, you see that everything, everything, really everything, Robbie, is uh, mathematics. Everything. When I say everything, you cannot do anything without mathematics. And even if you are talking biology, if you are speaking chemistry, everything is ruled by mathematics. And uh, as you said, uh, now, when I look at uh, the sky, or if I have a data or a spectra, infrared, or a, an optic image, uh, of course, I see the beauty of it. But directly, my brain, my scientific brain, will first will see, will search for the noises, the problems, and then will search for the real information, which is the data, because we are looking at the information. And then I will start to see the statistics of the noises and to observe more and more. Because you know that we are searching for an information and one observation or one information is not, you cannot do a conclusion. So this is 
where you go to mathematics. And it's funny that you are speaking about statistics because uh, two nights ago we were, uh, having, we were having a dinner with my brother and his wife. They are both doctors. My brother is an MD and my uh, sister-in-law is a biological uh, doctor. And they were both doing statistics. And I noticed that, well, it was not new for me, but they were using the same statistics that I use for the space. So then you see the uniqueness, the uh, oneness of mathematics. So yeah, I agree with you. Does it? But if, if yeah, well, sorry, well, go ahead. does it take away the wonderment? Because I think for when when we first talked, I talked about looking up in the stars, and it's very very beautiful. And I think we can still share that same aspect, but that scientist side of you. It's much like when I'm in a podcast or something. There's the Robbie side that I always like to have out, but there's also like a more strict, serious interview side as well too. And I'm wondering if that shaped your not only path in the field, but shaped more about a little bit how you think about things more now. Well, um, yes and no. Um, this will never uh, erase uh, the excitement and the beauty of it. And uh, you always wonder, and it's, it's so beautiful. But uh, you, have, you have like, you have two caskets, you have two huts, you know. Uh, you look at the moon, for example, if we are going to, to, to tell your uh, uh, viewers and your fans, uh, you, we are... You look at the moon and, and you see it's wonder, it's beautiful, you know, it's so beauty. But you understand as a scientist, we quite understand every single thing that happens to the moon. And we understand why it's, it's so bright. We understand what's hap what happened to it and how it came from, where it came from. But it's still beautiful. So uh, it, we, it depends how we look at it. Uh, I, I wanted to tell you before your second question that... If I was, if I am with friends and on a beautiful night sky, I will not start to tell them, well, what you're seeing here is just a planet rotated, rotating around the, you know, it's because of the gravity. If they are seeing, oh, it's so beautiful, I will be amazed. But if I am with a scientist, I will have, I will take off my hat of, of a human and amazed and passionate in space and will take my hat off scientist and try to rationalize, rationalize it and explain it without losing my amazement in the field. So um, it will be sad. And this is what we see with a lot of scientists when they are uh, like start to get bored in it. We, we say in French, ils sont blasés. Uh, blasé means that they have, okay, we can explain it, it's not uh, beautiful anymore, so next. Uh, I think that uh, a real uh, scientist that it's always passionate about it, it always have this mixture, this wedding, this marriage, this uh, um, lovemaking between passion, beauty, and science mathematics. Actually, you cannot. Mathematics by itself, an equation is a piece of art. So even if you see art a lot, you can be amazed even if you know uh, how it was done. So, yeah. Do you feel like um, at least your course through academia, there's been a giant transformation? Because I'm friends with you on Facebook. I've seen pictures of you from like way back in the day. I was like, yeah, Nafro. In a sense, I mean, you had really curly hair. It was all, you just seemed like there was a little bit more like, I got this. And now you kind of seemed more experienced in it, but you seem more like, I don't know. I'm not going to say like that 
you, you seem less joyful about it, but I think you're more critical on a lot more things now. And it, it's interesting because it's when I take you out of that kind of side, I've seen a lot of your YouTube channel videos when you're doing live interviews. Of course, when you're on national television or something, you're not going to be able to be as joking or as fun as you are maybe on my show just because it's just me and you chatting. But I think I feel like it, it, it lets a light into science because how many people out there are just worried about talking to someone with a very high degree or that they see on television all in the aspect of they're getting a different view, much like you would be talking to a fellow scientist staring at the stars compared to maybe talking to me while we're staring at the stars or something. You'll be a lot more you know, open and you'll be a lot more comfortable. But when you're talking to a scientist, it's more like, well, obviously it's because of this and this, and it's more strict and serious unless you guys are already friends. It's that academic relationship that really builds up a wall in some aspects. Well, this is uh, um, like usual. I, I, I love your questions and they are so deep. And uh, I think that uh, that those questions um thank you for i, I have the you know um, um thank you for letting me uh, talk about that um you you pointed like four four subjects here in one question as usual uh, well like uh, when i was younger uh, i had this um, curly hair and uh, um, it's my natural hair i love it uh, i really loved it uh, and 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 i i'm it, it was like a signature for me and I really loved it. And I'm so sad that I lost it. And I will tell you why. I don't know if people are interested to know it, but it is really a path of my academic career. When I went to the Middle East, like nine years ago uh, to Lebanon, um, it, it, it's, it was a very interesting uh, path for me and experience because when I have a curly hair and I'm a short person, um, uh, I had to uh, to uh, impose between brackets myself as an instructor, uh, as a doctor to give information. And my students, um, I was teaching like masters in astrophysics and uh, I, I had to, to, to be serious to, to, for them to take me seriously. So with my curly hair and I'm a short person, they didn't took me seriously. So I was thinking about even if I was giving a serious information, so the curly hair will be like a little bit uh, joyful, messy, dancing. I don't know. It was like the image. Always people take the image. So I tried it to put high heels and I love high heels. Uh, and it's, you know, when you, when you do straight hair, uh, you look like more um, keen, you know. Professional, so, and yeah. I took the professional, yeah. Even if it is, I was always what I was delivering and my head will always professional, even if I was with, with a skirt or with, a, uh, you know, with curly hair. But this is the image. This is so I had to. What was important for me is to deliver the astrophysical information for students. So I have to give what it was done. I'd have to do what uh, I have to do. So this is what when I started to do my hair straight. And then when you do for several years your hair straight, I don't know if you if you know, but you lose your curl uh, uh, after all. And this is the thing. The second thing uh, is um, on on uh, national and international TV, uh, they don't take you seriously because they have this. First of all, an astrophysicist woman woman in the Middle East is not taken seriously. First of all. Uh, you have to really work harder and harder to, uh, for them to accept you as an astrophysicist woman. Uh, 
uh, when I arrived to Lebanon, I used to, I wanted to have an interview or a meeting with a director or something to promote our observatory or something like that. And when I used to present myself as, as Dr. Neme, they used to think that I am a man. And when I arrived to the meeting, oh, you're a woman. Oh yeah, I am a woman. So this is why I had to be uh, strict, even, even if I was, uh, um, you can be, and when I, I used to see some man astrophysicist on TV, they are allowed to joke. But if I sometimes with friends, um, a journalist on TV, I, it happens for me to joke, I was directly put an, uh, as an astrologist or a not serious astrophysicist. So um, um, it, it, it's sad, but with time, uh, they, they will be really, um, they will get used to it. And, and another point, uh, I managed and I insisted to not always um, be like in pants. Uh, I insisted to put skirts, high heels, to put makeup, even if it is not important for me, I can be without any makeup on TV, but just to really show that I can be a woman, I can be with heels, and or I can be with with pants also with you know uh, the image is not important so I can be really whatever I want. It's a it's uh, a fine line though too that you um because you, you want to be you want to show that women can excel in science but you also want to make sure that you're not just you're not just getting the part because of the looks and that's a very very hard thing. See the the issue that I started to realize, and I think you kind of highlighted it most to me just watching your transformation since the last time we've talked, not transformation as in like you all did all this change all of a sudden, but a transformation as like, you just stopped giving a shit about like letting these small little problems get in your way. And I've noticed that like from you leaving your job and then moving to Paris and then getting the job that you have now that we're going to talk about, I've just noticed where you're like, what, why am I doing this? And it's like this, it's when someone gets to the edge and then they're just like, instead of you pushing me, I'm going to jump. And I never, I guess maybe I'm complex thinking in certain ways. Um, I can speak pretty well. I like to think so, but I'm simple minded in the aspect of, I don't judge a person on getting a job because of their looks, whether they're more attractive or not. I judge a person on the way that they perform the job or the task at hand. And I guess this whole side I'm starting to see now is that there's a lot of kind of looks from different scientists, depending on where you get, you get your degree, like education is valued. If you have a master's degree from India, it's, it's like an associate's degree in the States. It's because the level of education, and it's just these varying different types where you're like, do we all forget the main point of like, just we're all in the same field to care about this one thing, but then it, you know, everything starts to kind of get funneled down through a way. I mean, you can take a six month course online and become um, an astrologer or an astrology person and read cards to people and you get labeled the same class as a scientist. I mean, it gets a little bit weird with the lines of academia start to get pushed and pushed and pushed. It makes it more difficult on you or any other scientist out there who's really trying to bring a respect to the field, but also not be labeled as, oh, you only got this position because of this. You want to be taken seriously with the amount of knowledge that you have consumed and about something that you really do appreciate and love. Well, um, if, if I was really uh, near to you, I would have hugged you now and really muy fuerte uh, because really you, you nailed it. 
um, it, it's really uh, important. And, and this is, you know, uh, hats off for you because we never met. And, uh, and, and you really, you got me inside. You, you said something, uh, I don't know if I'm, I'm, I'm allowed to say it again, but you said it. So I will, I will say it, I will repeat it. I don't give a shit anymore. There we go. <laughs> and uh, yeah, because um, I, I know my value now and there is something, with, 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 I'm, I'm humble. I'm not saying it as if I'm, I'm, you know, I'm playing it like this. No, no, I'm very humble. And um, there is a part that uh, left me uh, and, and I left it also, uh, which is the fear the fear of being misjudged. So I know that um, the experience of teaching taught me a lot. Being with students, uh, it's really a very beautiful gift, even if it is really very hard. It's, it's a mission uh, to teach students. But the feedback that I had from students, even if the institution itself, where I was, didn't appreciate what I did, didn't appreciate who I was. But the feedback from the students, when you have those several messages from the student, they told me that before you, doctor, is different than after you, when, when you, 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 we saw you, when we had one course with you. So, and uh, yeah, th this fear of being misjudged. And I know that uh, being an astrophysicist doing what I did, having uh, playing a, a change game in, in the uh, life and not just scientific life, because what I really believe in uh, that uh, being an instructor and especially scientist, it's not just giving information, it is to open the eyes of students, to be a critical thinker and let them uh, be more uh, smarter than us, to uh, excel more than us. And uh, you said something that is very interesting, for example, about a degree from India or a degree from MIT or something like that. I was approached by an association, an NGO from India, and it was a new association about the women and empowerment of women. And I was so thrilled and happy. And I did a postcat with a postcat podcast with them. And they thanked me a lot because they told me that they tried to contact a lot of people all over the world. And because they are from India, some uh, uh, researcher refused to do that postcat podcast with them because of their origin, because uh, who they are. Well, you know, we don't care who is this person. It, what is important is the message that they are giving just to confirm what you are saying. And uh, the, the evolution that I had is when I was uh, uh, seeing uh, all over the nine years or 10 years that I, I spent in the Middle East and in Lebanon, that those people who are judging me are uh, less successful than me, uh, very sad and depressed. Uh, uh, they are not in harmony that I am. They are not happy. They are not giving love. They don't work in a passion or in a uh, work they, uh, they love. And they are having, and they don't believe in life. They don't have a faith in life. And they are not especially 
especially they live in denial and lie on themselves. So when I was seeing all that, I said, can I say a big word? I said, what yeah. the fuck? Why <laughs> I am interested? Why I'm so afraid of what they are doing to me? They are judging me. <laughs> I love that. So, That's great. Yes, yes. I am an astrophysicist, but of course, I believe also in, in the value of the human. And, and, and humanity is very important. So uh, I noticed, and this is like a year ago, I tried to talk really openly on national TV, but seriously about the possibility of having life elsewhere. And, and you know, and this has cost me a lot of mockery, a, a lot of memes and stuff, but I don't care because maybe in 20 years or 40 years, someone will say that I was right. So, but I, I and, and you, you, you laugh a lot when, uh, when on national TV, uh, on the New Year's in the Middle East, they will really invite the astrologists or those who read minds and they will talk about them as if they are the new Messiah. But when you speak science and you speak statistics of exoplanets and the possibility of having life elsewhere, then they mock you. So why do I care about their opinion? Yeah, the true, I guess the biggest sacrifice is living your life, defining yourself by what other, I guess, someone else thinks of you. Um, it's a sad thing, in my opinion. I feel like you need to spend some time at the rock bottom to truly appreciate the times that you're you know, I guess going and ushering forward into, I mean, if I asked you right now, explain to me what feeling happy is like, you would be like, well, you don't, I, I can't put that really into words. You could say a color for sure. But when I ask you to describe what feeling angry or hurt is like, you'll be able to remember that feeling a thousand times more than remembering what it means to be happy. Cause probably you've experienced more pain than you have been happy. Most people I would say, but you don't think to take an account of what you're feeling when you feel happy, you know what it's like to feel love. You know what it's like to feel hurt. You know what it's like to feel pain. And it, it's just these interesting concepts. I started to realize, I think when you really see the evolution in oneself is when you can truly understand that, the only person who's doing the things that you're doing are you. The only person who can make themselves upset is you. The only person that can make yourself happy is you. And I think that's a big kind of moment you need to head in towards. I, I mean, it's a little bit different when you're dealing with academia issues, but I think when you truly start defining yourself by what you consider is important and what you consider is unvaluable or valuable, then you truly start to see the shape and growth of your own character. Um, I'm like, I, I'm not a philosopher. I'm not going to even claim that like most people do on their Twitters. But I think just through understanding and seeing all the mistakes that really gets made, a lot of it boils down to the fact that you're monitoring or you're structuring yourself of, of what someone else wants you to be. And I think that's been a lot that's been happening now. And I think it's probably where we've led in science so far, where we have a whole area right now of UAP and UFO reports that are coming out and people are talking about it more and more and more. Now, do I think, you know, there's so much I've been trying to get like an, like some other realms of astrophysics on here just to talk about, like, I didn't know, like, especially about frost giants. There's a whole, like, I knew about them, but I would like to know more, but exoplanets, man, we didn't know there were that many. And now we know a lot more, but there's also, have you ever seen two stars implode? 
they look like two cells that are replicating. It's it's like it's nuts to me where I'm start looking at everything like is everything like I'm not saying there's a God. I'm just saying like I'm starting to see this power and energy in the universe type thing where I'm like this is happening in this and it helps explain it to me more. If my cells in my body are replicating much like a star imploding or something like that, I'm starting to see it not maybe at the same grand scale, but I'm understanding it more. And I, I shouldn't have to see that through a meme. I should be able to get that from a scientist, which is kind of the whole point of the show also as well, too, is not only to talk to my friends, but ask the questions I want to ask, because as much as academia is open it's not really it's a very sign of elitism in a lot of ways i had saw a picture recently um where it says if you're trying to argue with a scientist about the science you're not invalid you're just dead wrong and then like everyone was commenting love this and then one person commented well i'm not going to devalue because they could easily take me out of the subject i study and i wouldn't know as much as them probably and i just commented there was a COVID article about smoking cigarettes helps keep you out of the, the hospital and i i just put that on twitter and i commented i was like hashtag there's your science because you start getting to this point it's not about dismissing it but i don't like this elitism that goes with it and if that boils from male to female if that boils from where the hell you're from it's not fair because you're you're setting up goalposts that you say people can't you're drawing a line in the sand and that's not cool because then that dismisses the whole i guess era of the world that wants to know more about something because you act like you have the, all the textbooks and you only give them out to certain people and that i think is probably a part of the reason why we're learning so much now about like oh the moon has water on it it's like yeah because you got to think how many people were getting their papers published back in the day and how many of those people had connections with freaking the institutions they're going to get their paper published first have you looked up the nobel prize award six of the people out of the eight that won it were jewish one was from israel and another one uh was a holocaust survivor you're like where's the bias like you start to get a little bit skeptical on some of these things and people label you a conspiracy theorist <laughs> Well, um, the, the sad thing is, well, well, um, one can think that being a scientist, you have to be open minded because, well, science is uh, trial and error and the openness of mind. OK, but when you go and uh, really scratch the scientist, they are used to think in a certain way and they are really uh, very close to their opinion. And, and if you are introducing some new ideas, even if they don't have a, a, a reason to refuse it, they sometimes refuse it because they are used to do that way or their ways. So this is the first point. The second point, don't forget that uh, scientists are also human. So means that they are biased too. Uh, so it, it takes, time for them to change their ideas. Uh, third, uh, the essence mem, uh, uh, the, the real essence of science is to, to really to uh, evolve. So when sometimes some people, um, uh, we are not talking about the fourth, fourth point, I will arrive. So when sometimes uh, some, some scientists will uh, publish some papers, maybe they are right, 
But if the others are not okay with that and they are really have connections, they will refuse the paper. Sometimes they are wrong and if they have connections, they will be published, okay? As we saw, like the latest with the COVID, and I will not enter, I'm not a medical doctor, uh, and uh, with the COVID, we had two papers, the Lancelet and the other one, that appears that they were wrong, but they had the, the connections and this is why they were, they were published. The fourth point uh, for the um, for the um, uh, Nobel prizes, uh, I will not speak about that because I'm from uh, I'm French Lebanese and we have issue with Israel. So I will skip this. <laughs> I will skip this because directly I will be labeled, as you said, as a conspiracy uh, theory. The 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 really what I will feel here that the last ten years. Uh, we are not going into democracy of speech, speech because if I will say that uh, I am not for the hegemony of the LGBTQ plus uh, uh, ideas, I will be homophobic. If I will say that I am against the ideas of uh, ideas, I'm not saying against people. Yeah. I'm saying just against some ideas, uh, you will be uh, uh, anti-X, anti-Y, anti-you know. So this is, for me, for, for the moment, uh, I, I am waiting to see some consciousness revolution for people. Because like, for example, if you say that, uh, um, here we have a French doctor who said he was the director of the uh, uh, medicine uh, for the uh, vaccines in Europe, okay? He said that we cannot do several vaccines every three or four months. It's not good because it will kill the natural uh, um, defense of the body. So when he said this, he was like uh, attacked and he was he is not good anymore, but he was a director for the several years for the medical, uh, uh, European medical for the vaccines. Now, now they are saying maybe he is right. You cannot every three months give a boost. And we are seeing that even <laughs> we people who are vaccinated. I know, I know. Hold on, YouTube, YouTube will take the video down if we keep talking about oh, that oh, part. Okay, yeah. okay. We, we can, we I, can, I get we what can. you're saying. That's the, that's the hardest part is that there's a lot of people that want to know what the answer is, and sadly, there's a lot of people that really don't want to look up. And I mean, at the same time, I, I don't really trust the toilet Google either. When I'm on the toilet Google and something, I like to hear someone talk about it. But science used to be about the creation of ideas, and it seems like we spent more time looking for change on this planet rather than we look for change outside of our world um it's which is an honest in my opinion i think this might be a halt in our evolutionary process as a society um society is evolving uh in in many ways rights wise very very good direction um but when it comes to a change in the aspect of our intelligence factors it seems like there's been more of a dumbing down and a neglect of basic functions which i'm sure is probably going somewhere else a kid that plays xbox all day probably has amazing reflexes when it comes to brain coordination but your legs and your muscles and your legs get numb they don't get to work as well you start getting out of shape and that's one of the you know like i beat covid in a matter of seven days um i had it on my birthday and it went all the way into like middle i think i had one really bad day but my first episode of my podcast i was midst of it i had the hugest brain fog um, oh God. but I wasn't worried because I mean, I don't take ibuprofen. I don't take any of that type of stuff. Now that's not going to work for everybody. Other people need more help, but you gotta get, you gotta understand is that a person's idea is not an attack on yours, but it's an, it's something that gets pushed out there. What's been happened is, is that 
social media, all these quick little interactions without seeing a face have led us into a channel now where everything, a comment, anything like that seems like it's an attack on your personal beliefs. And I don't think that's what it is. I've had many people come on the show and think that, you know, they were going to debate me on something. It's not, this isn't a debate. I'm not against any ideas. I'm open to all people's perspectives because we all give value to each other. Now, the UFO community has really piqued my interest of recent because they seem like a lot of them know what's going on when it comes to like, hey, it might be this or it might. I think it's a weather phenomena, if anything, or maybe government tech that they haven't shown us. I mean, come on, they're definitely more advanced than we are. Um, but I don't know. Maybe it might be extraterrestrials. I'm not out of the realm of possibility. Um, but the idea that something this revolutionary is taking a lot of storm and we still can't get over the fact that someone said this because of they'll start talking about Capitol Hill, like move the fuck on. I hate to say it like that, but there's there's alien shit we got to talk about. Is this real? Is this fake? I don't know. I don't trust my government enough to believe them, but I also don't rule them out of being like, why would they let the public know all this stuff? Yeah, well, um, I think that during one has to one has to read the history, you know? And I think that we have the right to not trust our governments worldwide because there, there are some facts. And if we read the history, things where I will not state some ex exercises or experiments or truths, but, but your viewers or your listeners can go and read some histories about things that our governments uh, lied on us and uh, so this is we are we are in our rights to not believe our governments and this is first second uh, when there is uaps when there are uaps we can who said that this is the weather of okay so if the, it's the weather it's the weather but if it is something that we cannot explain we are not saying that those are the martians coming and flying and have, want to have dinner with us we are just saying let us try to explain if it is an extraterrestrial intelligence. There is no wrong, there is no craziness in saying this. What I am uh, uh, just uh, uh, asking the UFOs community is that they are sure about it. You know, for now, I don't have proof, uh, like uh, uh, very strong proof, uh, like the community of UFOs are saying. You know, I don't want to be like the scientists or the go governments that they are saying no, neither the UFO community that they are saying yes. So I'm, I'm saying we are going to think about it and we are going to investigate about it. This is our duty as scientists and, and nothing is forbidden. We don't know. I always say to my students and to everyone who asked me that we are still very babies, very young in science. You know, like 400 years ago, we, we were used to think that the, the earth is the center of the universe. And we used to think that all the stars are held with the ether and they are at the same distance of the, of the earth. So can you imagine like 400 years ago and until now, what is this speed of evolution in our tech technology? And like 100 years ago, we were not able to know 100 or 140 years ago, we were not able to see and observe the infrared and the ultraviolet. Well, even we 100, 
about say yeah. even a hundred years ago, the idea that you would live to be past 40 years old or 50 years old. Now you got people living to 116 just by saying they eat gin soaked raisins every single day. It's like, what? It's like you start to realize maybe bodies are evolving differently, which maybe a hundred years from now, you'll have people that live to be 600. If they could just reverse your outside look, right? Let's say they have Botox. They can use Botox on you. What about finding a way to be able to manipulate that to your cell structure. Next thing you know, you have people's livers that are regenerating faster and they're getting younger from the inside out rather than just the outside. I mean, it's a, it's, it's really out. It's really crazy, but I'm going to take my interview hat off and we're going to go into the skeptical side about things. Which one do you know more about exoplanets or supernova? Um, actually I work on both of them. <laughs> I, I know, but which one is your particular interest? I, I cannot say, you know, I'm always a, a positive schizophrenia person, mm. you know, I'm because I've, I published on both of them and um, I cannot say um, if I, okay, here's I a better know. question, which yeah. one of your publications on either one of those have been taken more seriously? Well, um, to be to be really really very very honest with you i worked on exoplanets uh, for the instrument james webb space telescopes and i published like more than uh, uh, for the um, conferences and uh, for exoplanets but for uh, um, for in interstellar medium uh, and for the supernovae uh, i had more uh, peer review reviewed than the um, exoplanets now, so, uh, yeah. when it comes to technological advancements, is it more possible, like, which would you see more of a possibility of happening in the next 100 years or so, or maybe 50 years? Technology's moving so quick. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, iPhone came out in 2007, and it feels like it's been longer than that. Um, but exo do you think that we'll be able to develop a machine that, like a terraformer, can move Earth's kind of landscape to be able to make it, a, a, I guess, a customizable to, or a customable I guess that's what the word is, to your specific needs. Do you think that we'll be able to go to exoplanets and be able to kind of change the atmosphere in a sense or be able to use these types of things maybe that HARP uses, like the weather? They, they practice weather-changing phenomenon all the time. I'm wondering if there's a possibility if you hear uh, Bill Nelson talk about, well, we can live underneath Venus's atmosphere. I'm like, this man's obviously talking about the next step is to start making exoplanets. There's that route. Or there's the route of supernova where we're going to be able to condense one of these things down to make a more renewable energy source. Because I'm seeing a lot of articles about renewable energy sources. Nuclear power usually gets brought up at this time as well, too. And I'm wondering if we're going to find a way to make a machine or a satellite that can harness some of the powers, maybe start with something small, then build up to a way where we can eventually expand out farther by using a more sustainable source that seems to constantly just refuel itself. Well, um, actually, the the answer um, is not that easy because it is not just a scientific uh, need. What uh, what will happen? We cannot predict because it will depend on a human uh, factor. I will tell you how. Uh, no one no one predicted the. Um, the um, presence of Elon Musk, like 20, 30, 40 years ago. Uh, I'm, what, why I'm saying Elon Musk or, or Jeff Bezos, the person, uh, the private companies uh, to, to do what they are doing, okay? And you will see that it will depend on every businessman's need and ego, 
I will explain myself. So when, when Elon Musk, well, I'm saying Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or whatever, or Virgin Guy Richardson, what is name? Anyway, so, um, and uh, when Elon Musk will say that uh, it's not important uh, to observe from the earth now, uh, go and build an observatory from the moon, you know? Uh, when we tell him that uh, your st stray uh, link, your uh, your uh, small uh, satellites are preventing us really to observe exoplanets, he will tell us, you scientists go on the moon and observe uh, your do or your observation on the moon because now his target his target is to go on the moon or to go on Mars. Okay, so he will put money and. Uh, in contrary, you see some other um, businessmen, uh, they are saying, no, my aim is to uh, look at the inner energy of the earth, how to conserve the earth and to do really science to see how we can have sustainable energy. So this will be an equation or adequation or, or a race between who will do what uh, uh, faster. So this can be they can go uh, together or um, they one can succeed more than another one. But the fact that Venus, I don't think that Venus, in my humble opinion, maybe other scientists will find it uh, wrong what I'm saying, but Venus is not the first target. Venus is very difficult to handle, you know. Uh, I think that Mars will be the easiest target for now and to see how we can have energy uh, uh, longer and longer for the earth. One of the things that China is doing is to uh, search for energy um, uh, better than the fossil or the gas or the petrol or the oil from the earth. And to do that, well, China was really very creative. She, the, the country did two things. There is one project to go on the, and they went to go on the dark side of the moon to search for the helium-3. And the helium-3, you know, I don't know if you know, yeah. Robbie and your uh, viewers, uh, knew that China were, uh, is the first country to land with a rover on the dark side of the moon. And uh, to, if they really can process the helium-3, it can generate a lot of energy. One. Second, they are really also trying to do a solar panel full uh, uh, telescope. Means that if they can send a telescope just with a solar panel that will rotate in a very high level around the Earth and it will be not uh, without any sunset and sunrise, will take the light of the sun and they will translate it into uh, radio uh, information, will send uh, this energy to the earth like this, they will have continuous uh, um, energy, uh, electricity, the efficiency will be more than 40% and this is how they will get rid of the fossil energy. So you see, we are going searching towards another way for the energy. What scares you more? Does it scare you the fact that there's all these CEOs of giant corporations that seem to be slowly running the world in a sense, have more influence and they're more of people that you would look to with your, for instance, if a person wants to go up into space, they find a good way to harvest energy or they find a good way to get a telescope up on the moon. 
their best person to go to is Bezos because he's the one wanting to go up there anyway. A lot of these institutions that are down here, they're more about focused on what they want done. And it seems like it would be easier for a scientist to just reach out to one of these rich guys who are already doing it. And that scares me a little bit because we shouldn't be having our CEOs or our corporation leaders um, advancing science in a sense. You know what I mean? You have a lot of academics that are reaching out to people like Elon. I mean, if you check Elon's team when he's doing ideas and stuff, he has a bunch of researchers and scientists that work for him. Um, it just seems like I guess that comes with the power grasp of instead of shipping packages faster, like at Amazon, they rather just go up to the moon as many times as he wants. It's just it's interesting because I think that leads us into a sketchier territory where it keeps going and going and going, where you're not going to have kids or scientists with ideas try and publish something under their university. They're going to land in a period where they're just going to email Elon or email Bezos and have their project pass. And I mean, I have many thoughts on universities. I think there's a complete hard bias. I think they cower um, depending on what society standards are, which I, in turn is fair because um, society seems to have a way of overthrowing these universities by rioting and protesting. But a lot of these peer-reviewed articles, I'm like, can you check your fucking peers? Like, I hate to say that, but like when someone tosses out the term, it's a peer-reviewed article. Trust me. I'm like, I don't even trust any of my peers. That you got to funnel that through something like um, they said 600 doctors tried to cancel Joe Rogan for misinformation. 87 of them were actual doctors. They went around and asked dentists. They asked veterinarians. They asked the whole list. That's what I'm saying is they don't let you know that side of the information. They just show you what they have because people are more than willing to brag about all the things that they have rather than the things that they don't. I'm honest as shit. I'm fucking I'm at the bottom. That's cool, though, but I'm not going to lie to you about it, because then what does that get me? That doesn't get me anywhere. It makes you, what you have a better perspective of me. Or are you judging me off of my character? Universities, in a sense, they had trust. Now they don't because of an aspect of not only have they created so many problems for people, but they've been so flip flop. And now you start to realize their true intention where the business, the CEO people, people tweeted Elon and tweeted Bezos, and they're like yelling at him, telling him he needs to donate. They're in their late 30s. Why the hell would they donate to you when they're just worried about living their fucking life? Like, that's what I'd do if I had millions of dollars. It just it gets into weird territory where you shouldn't have a scientist asking Bezos, can you fund my project? Why? Well, the university is supposed to do that. Well, yeah. Um, well, it's, it's, it's a very interesting point, another point, because if you asked me this question like 10 years ago or five years ago, I would have told you, yes, I'm scared and, and blah, blah, blah. But why, why uh, Bezos and, and Elon Musk and all those guys exist? Because of the failure uh, of the universities and the uh, uh, national programs. Uh, the, the states, uh, not USA, all the states, all the government are and were and, uh, and are okay, busy to do wars and to have, uh, uh, you know, missiles and stuff like that. So uh, when they are really busy of doing something else, you will find someone who, will, who is interested of doing his uh, uh, dream or, or of pursuing his dream. And this is, we cannot blame them, those people. But uh, when those 
people who really succeeded, okay? The, the really the, the the only risk you can have is that they will take this science towards towards their only which i understand but this will not they they only dream for example maybe now the interest for the humanity is not to go to mars for example okay but you, you i can understand because he has the money he worked a lot uh, and this is happening because of the problem that the university has done, because the, the government's, uh, the space government's problem, because the lack of doing things. So nature, by definition, does not love emptiness. So when something uh, is, is empty, when, when you, you empty something, the, the, it, it will be fulfilled with something else. And this is what happened. This is why we have programs with those uh, people who has money and, and stuff like that. And something uh, also uh, uh, really um, gave it, came into my eyes is that uh, the, ten, the last 10 or five years, uh, I was reading a lot of report, uh, reports about great universities, I will not name them, that they were receiving money from bad people, donation, $50 million, you know what I'm talking about, that those, those people were like, uh, had court, uh, you know, that really criminals. So, so those universities uh, will be biased also. And talking about talking about uh, peer reviews uh, paper uh, papers I, I as i am a scientist you notice that so, some papers they are the same bench group of people that they will always pub do publication the same subject the data will change they will publish they will change the uh, the order of the publishers they are who can produce like 20 paper a year and they are PIs for, you know, this is something not normal. And, and people will start now because of the uh, social media and stuff, internet, they, they look at you with your age number, with the level of your publication. Then don't, they don't look at you if you really are doing a new subject or how, how, how really interested you are in your, uh, in your uh, field or, or what are you doing. Now, if you have a program, a software that runs by itself, you can produce and you have, you have a data, you can produce like 20 papers. And sometimes if you read uh, peer-reviewed papers, the same paragraphs, you just change, change the introduction and the conclusion. See, that, that lands us in very sketchy territory again, much like a university leading into a CEO. It leads from peer-reviewed papers or journals to leading into podcasts for being a voice or a reason because those people usually don't have a bias in a sense. And I don't want that either. I don't want someone look, looking to me as some person that's going to give them valuable information. I always tell people, Google anything I say. If I'm off, I'm off by it. I can't get every single number correct. But I also don't have a bias in anything. I'll have, I, I could easily have just my friends on my show, but I don't. I have anybody that is willing to come on and have an actual conversation coming to the table clean with nothing built up in their mind of I'm going to attack this person for that because you won't go anywhere with that. 
I want an open access source of information, information, much like there's ResearchGate, much like there's academia.com. I love those sites, but also you have to be at an institution to be able to access those sites because they want to keep out trolls. That's the issue is that there's a lot of misinformation, not in the concept of like you just got the information wrong. In the concept of there's other countries that are, especially in the States, there's 20, the top 20 pages on Facebook are Russian troll farm accounts. Like they're not real, they're fake and they have over 2 million likes. And what they do is they get bots and they get other things that make it seem real, putting up something up there and triggering you. It's, um, I've been getting, like I said, into the algorithms and into like statistics and all that Google, for instance, they, their narrative, their anything like that. It's they, they shut it. I think it was in 2009. They, they took the internet down the whole internet for 45 minutes on a Saturday morning at 9 a.m. And people are like, well, why did they do that? If you correlate it to the stock market, they closed down around like 9, 10 a.m. just for a brief amount of time. What happened is they did it on a time when there wasn't any money that was going to be lost and they shut it down just to prove that they can. Their power has gotten insane. They're blocking search results. They're making it more difficult to get the correct information out there, only the information that they want, which makes a whole trust of this social media aspect, and it pisses people off. So then when you see a tweet go up that could be a bot account, a fake account, you comment on it like, this is completely wrong, and you're, you lose your shit. You're at a level 11. And then someone who might agree with that opinion or thinks that might be right goes, hey, man, why are you being so rude? Now you get two people fighting over a bot post. That's the craziness that it's leading into where I'm starting to see the de the digression or I guess the degress in human evolution or humankind. There used to be these movies where scientists and researchers and people, billionaires, whatever, would be in a house and they would have a hologram drink or they would have some type of space kind of hologram TV or whatever this is. That's out the fucking window space colonization out the window it's all warfare now snipping satellites taking information everybody's rushing to this planet to be the first to colonize on there first you have completely lost track of the main aspect of the most important part about evolution is moving fucking forward you're not moving forward anymore society is in some sense and when it comes to social standards and norms but what about the real absolute problems there used to be a starvation issue in america there used to be a starvation issue in a lot of places a lot of it's solved you don't see people dying in the middle of the street there's still an issue out there for sure but it's 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 better than it was before can we move that progress of society understanding that there's a more common enemy and that's the fact that we're going to end up probably killing ourselves on an accident like accidental the world population i i've been hearing jordan peterson talk about it for fucking ages talking about how it's going to stop at 10 million then it's going to or 10 billion then it's slowly going to regress down i'm seeing a lot of kids now besides the selectional few that are not having kids until they're way older and then maybe at that point still wondering should i even have kids because all back in the day all they used to do was have kids now there's more options to go live your life for as long as possible and you're starting to see that population number slowly count down the national debt 
is going up faster than the amount of people being born on this earth. That's fucking strange. And this is where you start to see the the, the progress and all this type of de-evolution start to happen because people aren't paying attention to some basic functions or basic growth in society when it comes to the fact of we're all one fucking person. People go, oh, you didn't have this or you didn't talk to a person of this ethnicity. Why are you thinking about that? I'm not thinking about that. It makes it more difficult to really see the hangups that people will put in front of themselves to make it seem like the system is rigged. The system isn't good, but you can change that. If you put enough effort into it, you can fucking do it. And that's what scares me is that to think that 50 years from now, we wouldn't be living on another planet. I have no clue because if you build a dome on a planet where you got all, all the oxygen in there, you'll have one fucking psychopath that'll stick a gun to the door and go, somebody better do what I want or I'll kill us all. And it's like, there you go. That They're gone too. I, 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 I think with this like UAP stuff going to that, these all, the idea it's a weather phenomenon. We see illusions or mirages, right? That's a possibility. But I wonder how much of like maybe the ozone or how much of these supernovas, like these solar flares that are coming off the sun are really affecting our fucking minds. Like they have to be cooking our brains in a sense. They got to at such a low level built up after time. You're having generations upon generations slowly starting to. I mean, I, I expect probably not only with the food that we're eating, but with the amount of, I guess, stuff that's happening outside of Earth, all that radiation or something has to be doing something funky to our bodies. I mean, this year alone, I've seen more people talk about gastrointestinal diseases. And I'm like, oh, my God, like it's obviously from the food we're eating. Yeah, well, ooh, la, la. well, here I have one, two, three, eight subjects. So you have to give me like minimum five minutes to, to, to answer yeah. you because you, we have a lot of things. Well, I don't agree with you about several things you said, and we agree on the show to not, uh, to not agree, you know, to disagree. And this is what is beautiful on your show. So I, I don't agree that the starvation is, is done on, the, on this planet because a, a lot of nations... Uh, uh, still have starvation. That's what so I was the, saying. The it was still happening, is, but yeah, 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 yeah. Well, largely yeah. reduced. A lot, a lot. No, no. What? Um, in Africa, in Africa, a lot of starvation and kids are dying. You know, a lot I know. of people. What are I'm saying dead. is, it's yeah. it's largely reduced from where it was maybe 50 years ago. It's still happening for sure. It's just been largely reduced. If you're saying it's isolated to Africa, that's not the states. That's not. Yeah, I know, but I'm, I'm not talking about the states. Well, and, and if I, I may add, with the wars everywhere, uh, uh, the starvation is, is, I'm not sure. I don't have the numbers, Robbie, but I'm not sure that it is re reduced. I really, it's really interesting to search for numbers, you know? Just, I, I'm not sure that it is reduced. Uh, second part, uh, having kids is, is uh, to, 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 have the decrease in the number of population on earth is not a bad thing i'm not saying that we have to kill population <laughs> listen but, but yeah but but uh, deciding somehow to not having kids well we 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 uh, we have this heritage of uh, well for for me I, I can speak of myself i have this decision I love being a mother, you know, I love parenting. I really love this. Um, I have four uh, uh, nieces and I really love them. But why do we want to have kids? We have this, we, we have this heritage of uh, recreation, reproduce to, you know, it's, 
we have to decide on what future we want to give them. And if we, we really want to be parenting, why not to have adoption? There is There are a lot of children without any house. So uh, having a lot of kids on this earth it, it's really not good for now. So this is the second point. The third point is the weather thing for the UAPs. No, uh, uh, there oh. is there is a statistics that there are there is a statistics for the um, uh, for the uh, un, un, unexplained phenomena uh, in France. Um, you can explain several things, and those are scientists who are saying it and you can still have from 5% to 10% of unexplained phenomena, aerial phenomena, that they are not explained. So if you have like, for example, uh, 70,000 cases registered, you can do the math, 5% maximum, we are saying, I'm not going to say 10%, 5% of, of them, they are not, neither weather, neither hallucination, neither optics. So those 5% need to be explained. It can be like UAP, it can be aliens, it can be uh, some optical thing that we don't understand. So the radiation uh, that uh, they are doing on us can be also, for example, I remember a, a case in the World uh, War II, I remember when they tried something on, on the Normandy, when they put, uh, you know, they put something in the air and people started to have hallucination. It can be also a, a problem like this. Uh, but it needed maybe in 20 years, we will, we will, uh, we will know it, or 50 years. But for, for the moment, I don't have any explanation. As for the gastro problem, it's just for the food. Yeah, yeah real quick. I wanted to go back to the point. So what I, I guess maybe I misspoke, but the point I was trying, I could share it on screen too. Uh, the point I was trying to make is that the global, this is a global hunger statistics. The proportion of unnourished people in the world has declined from 15% in 2000, 2004 to 8.9% in 2019. About 690 million people globally are unnourished. So it wasn't that it's completely eradicated, but I'm saying the numbers keeps on reducing and reducing and reducing. Um, that was the point. Oh, great. Oh, great, great. Okay. Okay, so... Um... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm apologize because I was thinking that maybe with the wars uh, that are, are really everywhere, maybe maybe the hunger is really. I, cool. I, I, I just think it's an issue with GMOs because I think that there's a push for GMOs. Like I'm a supporter of GMOs mm. in some aspects, but also like changing your strawberries to a different color just because it looks more appealing. I don't think you should be doing that. I think what you should be doing is trying to change or adapt through a uh through a botany standpoint of if you're going to give another genome to a plant so it's able to grow in harsher conditions where they're not naturally meant to grow that makes it easier for an africa when all they have is fucking dirt you could plant more yeah. seeds there and grow more food for more people i agree with you and uh, and the last point i wanted to 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 say to say in in your long uh, uh, question is that uh, nothing is 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 lost yet there is something uh, a point a point positive point is that the fact that uh, uh, some podcasts like yours and other podcasts that they are talking about this consciousness this is this, this uh, revolution is is really i mean revolution ideas revolution and the the fact that you exist uh, robbie is a, a sign of hope so nothing is lost yet for the humanity so don't worry this is something very positive i appreciate that um 
I, 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 I got to go back to the alien thing. You really think it's not a weather phenomenon? You think it's aliens? Uh, well, I didn't say that. I said that not everything is aliens. Not everything is optical illusion. Not everything is like a war, army, technology. You have things written in the report, in the USA report, the latest one that they don't explain that it's not army, it's not military. We don't know why. But why would they tell you that I, it, it's, it, it, it isn't military? They've lied so many times. They, they said MKUltra was a hoax and it was a conspiracy theory. Then the NSA just recently published documents from the mind control experiments that I've studied in college. What, what are you expecting them to say? Are you, are you really not, they don't have to, no, they don't to have say. to tell us shit. They don't have to tell us anything. I don't expect them to tell us anything. The idea that if you submit a request for the Freedom of Information Act is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. It's like, what's like, oh, you, you know, there's a document that was released on this day, but you have no clue and you just want us to give it to you. What? Because you asked I'm going to. That's insane. I don't see it like this. You know how they retained information. And I see it as a first. It's so difficult for them to give that kind of information. Population and humanity is not ready yet. So the fact that they say we don't know and it's moving on a, a, a speed that technology, human technology is not yet ready to do it. I think that it's, it, for me, what, why we don't look at it as a small step towards uh, um, maybe another uh, report. What are you, do you imagine that they will tell us, yeah, those are aliens and we know that they exist. Then why, are, oh, yeah. then why are they going on TV? Bill Nelson is and saying, we don't know what these things are. Like, why are they? they that's the thing for me is that I start looking at that like that's a pull for money. Like I start hearing it's a money grab thing of like, oh, we don't know what these things are. But if you give me a couple hundred thousand dollars, I'll be able to research more into it. My belief is that I think the government, especially in the States, is way more advanced than we like to think. And I think that it's always with the push of technology. I've heard CIA people from the like Joe Rogan's podcast go on there and talk about there's these drones that are all in a watch and all you have to do is press a button and these things fly around. I mean, Google's more advanced than most people fucking think. That's what I, I start going. I think I think we're seeing the surface and they have a whole deeper layer, much like the iceberg hypothesis where you see the top, you don't see the bottom. I, it scares me because if something did crash here and they've learned to modify that propulsion equipment, Bob Lazar's kind of idea or talk about in a way, then it leads us into stranger territory where I've heard people bring up the idea that it's not just past. It's 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 not just our tech. It's other world tech. And then it's future tech, tech from the future. And I go, I, I don't know about the future people hypothesis that goes into the like, I've been really into the UFO community. I know as a, as an actual scientist, you're probably just like, what the fuck is he talking about? But this is what they're thinking of. And I'm hearing a lot of these thoughts. And I'm like, this is a perspective that fills in this kind of gap in a sense. And it makes it more complicated. But I'm also happy that people can really talk about these things. And there's not a lot. I mean, there's a lot of fighting in the community with it. But there's a lot of kind of an exchange of ideas. And it's funny how to see people's brains work. Um, I just I don't I don't put it past the government to, you know, try and just 
explore with their tech. I just don't know what they're trying to prove. Maybe they're slowly trying to get funding in a sense by showing these things, but then it doesn't explain all the stories I've heard from experiencers who've talked about being kidnapped in the middle of the night and sent onto an alien ship. Now, I come at that with an open mind only because if you study sleep paralysis, that's one of the symptoms of sleep paralysis is, is that you will literally be frozen in your in, in position, you can't move, but you'll see like a, it looks like a thief. It's a shadowy figure and it seems so real. Now I've had super intense dreams where I woke up with scratches on my arm and I had a dream I was being attacked. So I don't, I don't know what that is. Obviously I probably scratched myself when I slept, but I'm saying those intense experiences, I felt actual fear when I woke up. These people are probably experiencing the same thing. And then their brain starts to be like vaguely remembering it. And they start fitting the narrative to now they've turned it into an experience story or it's real. But then I don't understand. I, I don't understand that experience thing because I've never seen an alien. Yeah. Do you really want me to go into that subject? We can. <laughs> okay. So here you are putting every uh, experience in the same uh, uh, bag. Okay, of course, uh, when, when you read this, um, there is um, two psychologists, um, I forgot in what uh, university they were, um, they did those uh, study on more than 1000 um, experimenters that they had this, uh, uh, they, they thought that they were um, abducted, okay? And they did two books. I really, I really forgot, I will search for, for the names and then we will put them after. Um, of course, you have this case of uh, you know, uh, when you sleep and you call it the frozen, you know, uh, paralysis. The sleep paralysis. This is a case. Yes, the sleep one. This is a case, of course. But when you are abducted, there are some patterns that they are different. It's not my words. This is the words of the uh, psychologist and the psychiatrist. The patterns they are different, and when they do um, hypnosis, regressive hypnosis, to those. Uh, people and they they took them coming from different uh, i'm not defending them i'm just stating the book when they do uh, uh, regressive hypnosis to those different kinds of uh, person they are saying that they are abducted coming from different world different background uh, with education without education from the middle east from uh, europe from uh, you know uh, mexico from usa uh, they are explaining the same thing, which are the, the, the what they are feeling. It's different than the uh, sleep uh, paralysis. So, so you, we cannot say that we cannot put everything in the uh, same bag. The danger of that. Uh, what uh, look here? What 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 is happening? What's happening is uh, everyone is. If he sleeps or if he just drank a little bit or if he, if he did a little fiesta or, you know, he will go and say that I saw a UFO and he will go and brag about it. So what's happening is a mixture between a poor guy or poor girl who really had an experience, very strange experience, and who, uh, someone who is a really a fake one, a liar. So it, it can be really very... Uh, um, people will, will, will go and laugh. It's exactly the same thing. When you really speak about 
um, spirituality and the power of your thoughts and the power of world and the power of being well and harmony and some charlatan and some liar who will come and try to heal you by whatever what by a wood by a you know doing like this and so if you are really someone who is telling you believe in yourself go work you will have it don't be afraid of you of the future so this is the uh, this is the, the danger when you have one who is lawyer and when you have someone who really experienced something and and the government will push those lawyers to really discredit to really prove that the other ones are really uh, not credible you know what i mean am i am i uh, yeah. clear in my idea there's a lot of uh, – uh, to use my words lightly, there's a lot of trickery when it comes to just, I guess, how much information and what we, I guess, stigmatize in society today. Um, the UFO community is probably one that has gone through a lot of it. Um, it's probably turning around a little bit now, but even when I join those Twitter spaces that they're all involved in, I'm friends with everyone from all different sides of it, um, experiencer, researcher, videographer, whoever you want to say, um, even someone that makes a TV show for the History channel about it it's difficult because it's so hard to get your thought out without someone thinking it's like you're choosing a side and there's quick fighting i see more drama in that community than i've seen out of anything um it makes it difficult to want to understand more i don't know i mean what are your thoughts percentage wise what are you leaning more towards you think it's aliens you think it's tech you think it's what you obviously don't like the weather one no no i'm, I'm it's no I think it's I always, we're all being slipped drugs in our milk, and that's what's happening. We're slowly being no, dosed with LSD. No. Okay. There are really things that are weather, optical illusion, technology, but definitely there are things that unexplained. And I'm waiting. We're studying them. We will see. To I cannot say. But as a scientist, I don't know what they are. Why, though? What, what do you think? Well, I think that um, aliens is not a bad idea. <laughs> well, what I mean, what do you think if it is aliens? What do you think? Like, what's their purpose? Because my thought would be, I think, one of two ways. One, that they created us. And in a sense, they're trying to stop us from maybe repe repeating the timeline again. Like, it seems like every civilization has fallen and then restarted in the same exact processes. But then my second thought would be, well, why doesn't it just do what they did in that movie with Nicolas Cage, where they only pick like this, the young ones and make, you know, take them away and then make them rebreed and do that sense, like wipe the earth slate clean. You have to think there'd be a couple of chosen few. I'd like to think I would be in the running in a sense, like to be like the next, they're like, you're so open minded that, you know, I don't know, and pluck me from obscurity. Why? Well, let us be two of us, you and me. But if I'm nothing, not everything has to have a purpose. But if you want me to think uh, about a purpose, uh, well, look at the humanity, okay? Uh, on Earth, we've been here like a few millions. Uh, the Earth was born like 4.5 billion years, and the humanity is like few millions. Whoa. Well, uh, what if the Earth's only I a mean, couple thousand years old? Jesus well, was born yeah, not that well, long ago. Yeah, but Jesus. Is okay, I, mean, I, I mean, Jesus is yesterday. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm Christian. I, I don't have anything uh, against him. I, I like this guy. I'm, I'm, you know, he is really. He had a very beautiful message. He had a wonderful um, crown. He had a crown made of thorns. 
oh god he really suffered <laughs> with him with, with, with it no wait i mean i mean uh, life i mean life like uh, you know not humanity life was like a uh, humans but but imagine that uh, in, a, in an external uh, extrasolar system there's a, a earth-like uh, older than four five four point five billion years and a civilization that is older than our civilization you see like as we were saying earlier on this uh, podcast that uh, the, la the latest 100 year and 150 the technology went and we are going to go to the to mars and you know so imagine that there is another civilization that is way more developed than us so the 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 every smartness every intelligence uh, intelligent civilization will go and explore it's 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 the purpose of any civilization if it is smart and intelligent so this is and they they came and they they explore if if you want me to find a purpose so why they are not uh, contacting us maybe they don't have any way to speak with us i don't know um, I love the what Tyson said that uh, if you are talking to an ant, you can talk to it every day, uh, the whole day. It will not understand you. So, uh, or to a chicken. I I I try and think from like um a scale point of like maybe these abduction stories are because they only pick people out of certain points, maybe rejects in a sense, not rejects as these people don't deserve to be picked, but like obscure people. Um, because a lot of people don't like, maybe to them, they consider that valuable. And maybe to most of the world, they're just like, in a sense, like if I was an alien species and I go down to a planet, I'm going to pick up the people that are alone. I'm going to pick up the people that will be considered outcasts or some type of thing of that sort, because they probably understand a little bit more just being balanced out with your own thoughts. The sign of a healthy person is someone who can truly enjoy being by themselves. Like you don't need to be hanging around partying with everyone every single day. That doesn't need to happen. But when you're able to balance out your own thoughts, it brings a stronger message into a point. So I sit there and go, maybe it's that is why we're seeing a lot more now. Maybe our technology and the amount of exposure has developed more because I know people aren't staring up at the sky more. There's no fucking way. They're on their phones more than anything. But maybe it's the fact that we're implementing technology into our, bo our bodies and creating more of an AI style thing, trying to advance human evolution by infusing technology in there. Uh, Elon Musk just uh, delivered a new neural implant thing, talking about how it's going to be help you balance out your thoughts and be able to find ways to send your messages like through thought. Now, if you created a species and you put them on a planet, my theory is, is that there's a bunch of aliens sitting in like a UFO and they're rubbing their hands together and looking at these little vials of these things. They drop them on all these individual planets. Then Earth has been the one that's grown the most. And they go, well, this is our creation. So we're just going to observe kind of like a God in a sense. But then they start seeing that these people are chopping their perfectly good arms off and putting robot arms on. We're got to stop. We got to stop them before they're not our creation anymore. They're monsters. And then that's what's happening. But these are just thoughts. I love I'm skepticizing about this. Well, I, I leave you with those thoughts. I mean, I, 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 I was not. <laughs> yeah, but I will just say something that uh, really interesting. Uh, you, you said that when someone is really healthy in, in his mind and construction and harmony, he, he or she will enjoy being uh, alone and this is really very interesting because i'm i'm doing some small short videos on on tiktok talking about uh, why some people cannot stay alone and this is really something that i really noticed the 
the last five, six years, uh, that they, some people uh, struggle to stay alone just one evening, not just to be lonely, it's just to stay alone after the work. They cannot be alone. They cannot face themselves, their demons, their past, their actions. Their... So yeah, you. That's me. Oh, I always said that really? you only you only truly know silence when you're left alone with the voices in your head. Yeah, well, I started it on TikTok and on Instagram. If you want, I'm not, I, will put I don't them use on TikTok. Our, no, it, it's okay. I will put them on a full video on YouTube, and I will send it to you. Yes. <laughs> you got to balance. Yeah. I mean, that's I spend most of my time probably alone, and in a way, society considers that that just might be you're crazy or something. But I I think it's probably in where a lot of my growth has really came from spending times alone with your thoughts can be a bad and a good thing. It just depends on what perspective that you're looking at. You get a glass that's at halfway mark. People think one of two things, one it's half full or it's half empty. Um, honestly, I use it to be more productive. I've, I'm writing a book right now. I've wrote now recently just wrote a couple songs. Um, I'm using something to keep my balance and my pain in a perspective that's going to, in my sense, give me clarity. And I think a lot of people need to do that much like a good book can much like doing anything that you love can really do. I feel like more people need to be doing something that they love without having to worry about the struggle to survive. And sadly, we live in a society right now where it's very, very hard to survive. Um, and only because we spend a lot of our times in our life, really, really worried about what we're going to become where we can't take account for the things that we're doing in the moment that we're doing them. And it, it, it can cause a mess. It can leave a trail of disaster, but can also pave a way for new life. But are you going to take that new road? A lot of people can't see it. It's very foggy on this road. They can't see that clear, sunny side on the other end. And I don't know when that's going to get fixed. I don't have any answers to it. I just feel like if you aren't doing what you want to be doing and every step that you take should be in towards that goal of whatever you want to do, then how are you going to succeed? At one point, you when you left your job, you were probably like, oh, my God. I remember we were talking before and you were like, I, you know, I had to leave that and it's just it's stress, stress, stress. It's going to be stressful. But now look at you. You look great. Always look great. But you, you're in fucking Paris. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. I would be staring at the Eiffel Tower every single day. <laughs> well, um, when you are alone, I really cherish to be alone. And when you are alone, uh, you really, as you said, uh, when you can be alone, uh, you are really, um, you can be creative. And this is how you have to do it. And you see clarity. And when I left my job, because I always said that we are not a tree. We are not planted, you know, even if we are belonging to somewhere, but we have to search for our happiness and we have to really search for it and pursue our happiness. And if we are not happy in a place, we have to really take this adventure. So once I was really, I was feeling that I was killing myself day by day, minute by minute. So this is why I decided and I had this chance to come to Paris and um, I feel like it has been like 20 days now, even if I have problems to, to open an account, even if I'm French, the administrative French, and uh, um, I have this chance to work on Mars Express, uh, the, the satellite that uh, turn around planet Mars. And um, yeah, I feel, I feel I'm in more harmony uh, with myself. I am um, cherished for what I am. I'm not judge. I am more creative. Um, I can uh, be myself. 
uh, I can produce more, uh, even if the weather is much more cold, uh, colder, uh, even if I will miss the sea, because there I was, you know, I had the sea there in, in, in Biblos. But then, you know, you cannot uh, win everything. And your country, your belonging is where you are respected and in harmony with body, mind, and soul. So it is an adventure. And uh, thank you, universe. I'm so blessed. <laughs> so, yeah. A sign to wake up is when you feel uncomfortable in your own home. So and and when it is a sign every day, it has been several years that everything I was doing, uh, even if I'm trying very hard, they were stopping it. So it was really, I had to really stop it. It's um, it's a, it's a scary thing to do something new, but it necessarily might not be a bad thing. It's just when we think of the word scary, instead of looking at the aspect of what can hurt us, we look at the aspect of the fear that goes with it. And sadly, at times that can play a more mental toll than it can physical. But in the overall grand scale, if you can really calm those levels down, you can see the like, what is it? Uh, if you see the way broadly, you'll see it in all things like that's 100% true. Once you can really get your mind settled and you can see the course of action of which to take, you can take it and you realize that you're better for it. Um, that doesn't that doesn't mean that if you're on Twitter blocking people isn't going to clear your path. That's not going to happen. Uh, but what it can do is that it can, there's a lot of benefits to that. I don't know. I just, social media is a, is a monster in its own. If you get a hold of me, I'm surprised because I'm barely on it. Like with everybody that tries to message me, I just can't, I can't, I don't have the mental capacity right now to handle that yet. Um, mostly because it's like, what do I post? Do I just fucking I put, I don't even know. What do you social media people tweet their own stuff all the time. They put up articles. That's a good way to do it. Sure. But at the same time, it's like, do I say like a motivational quote? Would that get me more likes? I don't know. There's no point in it all. It's a game and I'm not willing to play. Listen, well, if I can tell you something, um, um, if, if I may give you an advice, don't do anything. If you don't feel it, this is the motto. If you don't feel, don't do because you have to do. So if you don't feel like writing, don't try it. And it's not an obligation. So what? You know? And um, um, people, people, why they don't dare to do something? Because they are uh, used to do. For example, why I have some friends that they are not happy at their job, at their places, but they have this habit, you know, and they are afraid to leave this habit, even if they are miserable. They say that we know this, but we are not going to try. Maybe it's better, maybe not, but we have this habit. And why some people, uh, they, for example, every day they write something because they have to, they are afraid of losing some followers. But what, what is that losing some followers? Yes, does this change who you are? Does this, you know, it's not your value. Who are those followers? You don't even know them. So, you know, it's okay. Don't do if you don't want, don't feel. If you don't feel motivated, how on earth you are going to write a sentence of motivation? So, That's a good quote. Yeah. So, it makes sense. It's just, I think there's a lot that gets built up. In, like, for instance, when I take breaks off social media, I go from everybody. I just tell people it's not nothing to do with you. 
in a sense, it's more about, I just don't have the mental capacity to handle it. If you message me, I will answer, but I don't, I don't care if you like a post. I don't, I don't, I can't because I develop friendships through this thing as people I've stayed connected with that. You'll be able to type in your name and you'll see multiple episodes with that person. It's because I generally am interested in care. Like, I, I think it's just about, you got to do what you want to do. And a lot of people are doing things because they just want to achieve and necessarily achieving just might be who you are, not who you think people want you to be. And I, that's a large portion of what it is out there. A lot of people, like I said, are more than happy to brag about the things that they have, but not about the things that they don't. Nobody ever puts up a picture of what, the, what's happening on their daily life. They put up only the best times about it and it makes it more difficult. Or you'll see like a really like, terrible post like i just lost my house and all I'm like oh my god um but oh yeah i have put sorry i have put when i lost my job that's that's a rough moment a lot of people see that and they look at it and they go holy shit like people are human too i see all my friends on facebook that just post like trips and i'm like oh my god they're a doctor and i'm like oh fuck i need to get my life together and then next thing i know i look at the comments and they're like so happy you deserve this trip i'm like oh thank god it's just this one time that they're taking trips every day to aruba i would be pissed i'm because it's a lot of self-doubt within yourself you want to also be doing good you don't want necessarily people to be i mean some people want people to be doing worse than them i don't want that i just want to make sure that i'm not on the wrong path in a lot of aspects there's a time consumption in this world your whole life is everything but in the grand scale of everything, it's so minuscule, it doesn't even land a blip on the radar. And that's what a lot of people are trying to increase. They're trying to make that blip. And it's a difficult thing because what, if you have connections, you succeed? I don't like that. That's not cool. Let's change that up. Let's give people who necessarily deserve it more of an up. That doesn't have to be me. That can be way other people out there. I know plenty of people where if I had money, I would raise them to a higher standard, yourself included. I would raise up, you know, find something I could work with you with to be able to, you know, pay you for a certain job or do these types of things. Because I think there's a lot of people like yourself that I've met that are fucking great at what they do. They're just not in the spotlight. And I don't know how to get them in the spot. I wish I had a platform to do so. I don't, but well, um, uh, I, I, I'm, I do, during my experience, I knew that it's not what you know, it's who you know, um, and it's sad. Well, and I don't want to, I don't want to ask for for anything. You know, whole my life, I never asked for any, any, any position, anything. And uh, I have a lot of friends who ask me, Serene, on YouTube, you, you have just three hundred thirty-four follower. Don't want you don't want to buy some? No, I, I don't see. Uh, what number of likes I have or what number of uh, people who will see my, my, my videos or because I just want to give this information. Uh, it doesn't matter if I have 334 followers or not. It's just I know that this information is on the internet, it will ever be, and that will, they will see it about the explosion, about the James Webb, you know. It doesn't matter for me. It's not a, a race of number. I, I, I'm not in a, a competition. It's just the information that I deliver. I know that it will help a lot of people. If it helps 56, 70, 300, it's fine. So I will never enter this race. And I never stalk somebody else. And this is something I really learned when I opened the social media platform. I'm happy for people who are really happy, but I never compare. There is a saying in French, we say, 
comparison n'est jamais raison. Comparison is never a reason to be like, neither to be sad. No one knows what's happening in the other's life. As you said, maybe they are putting uh, the best pictures and maybe they are uh, depressed uh, the whole 24 hours, 23.56, uh, you know, the, the, the rest of their lives. Never compare, never stalk. Just live, be the better version of yourself and harmony, 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 harmony. And that'll be the never end. Dare. That'll be what we'll end on because that was beautiful. What Thank was that you. quote? Say it in French again. Comparison n'est jamais raison. Comparison is never a reason to be. Hmm. I like that. Hmm. Where uh, can uh, people find you? On uh, YouTube, uh, TikTok? On YouTube, on TikTok, on Facebook, on Instagram, and uh, on Snapchat. Uh, remind me. Yeah, this is it. Abby on Snapchat, yo. Why don't we have Snapchat? I, I put it yesterday, I think, huh. two days ago. It's a fun app. <laughs> it makes it easier to – I think I use that more probably than I text people because I just – I don't ever really answer my phone a whole lot. Besides playing like Dragon City or something, I play a stupid phone app game for the past 10 years. So, I mean, let's just say like that's commitment to it. Like I'm not just like, oh, this is my first time playing. No, I've been playing this game religiously for like the longest time. Well, I'm. Um, I'm I in debt. For, well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have. I have my students who are asking me to open Snapchat, but I'm not uh, very. Uh, I don't practice it a lot yet. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll link it all in the be. description. Is there anything you want to let the people know before we wrap up the show? Um, thank you so much, and um, just be you. If you're not you, who else will be? Everyone is taken. <laughs> <laughs>